Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Hey Bayside, how are you? Good? Are you good? Let's lift, lift up every hand. Let's make a big big funnel. Let Jesus, Father, we just say, fill us. Amen. Speak to my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Sit down. Have a good seat. Now, what we're going to do right now is we're going to start where we would normally finish. Oh, so then we go next level. Oh, no. Can I get a chair? Can I get a chair? Where's the chair, Aaron? Come on. Where's the deacons? Where's someone? There you go. There's none. Go, Mark. Come on, son. You just ripped that out of somewhere, did you? Now, you all got on one of these, hey. This is what, see, this is what I want, actually want you to do, because this is where we should normally finish, okay? We should normally be so, oh my gosh, God, you've blessed me, I'm so full, that we should be like this, like, oh my gosh. So assume the position, you ready? Go. Oh my gosh. Oh my Lord. Father, I thank you right now. You're going to breathe on people. Slay them. Fill them. Shandara Bukurande. Pour out your Holy Ghost on people. Amen. Who's full? Amen. If you can, sort of get yourself up a little bit. So now, now we're going to get started where we normally finish. Whoa! Emma's gone. She's gone. She don't want to stay. Isn't that good? Isn't it good to know that we can go further than what we ever thought we could go? In God, there's no limit for what you can do with God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ah, come on. So what I want to do tonight, I don't know, some of you would probably know some of this stuff, but I really want to activate you in ministry. I really want to get you going because I really know and what God is doing around the world and is actually the, the ministry of the saints to actually equip the saints for ministry. If I've really got some sort of prophetic ministry, what should happen? It doesn't matter whether I can move in the gift but if I can empower you in the gift, that's the thing. It doesn't matter if I can call out people and I can, I can call out people's names. I can do all sorts of things. I can do a little monkey and do all my little tricks for you. And, <laughs> you know, do all that. I can do all that. But I don't do all of that because then it becomes about what I can do and it's not about what you can do. And all I know is, look, if you knew how limited I am and what I do with what the limited I have, there is no excuse for none of you to really be prophesying the paint off the walls come on for you to be walking into a petrol station and knowing the name of the person who's serving you (laughs) without the name tag (laughs) come on so that's what we're going to do tonight because guess what the kingdom of God and it's the kingdom of God is way more technologically advanced than even what the world is right now You must understand this. Even it was and it is and it's going to be and it has always been voice activated. Having Google or Siri in your house, yeah, that's really cool to have all that sort of thing. And your car is sort of voice activated. You can speak to your phone and do that. But the kingdom has been like that from the beginning. What I really want to share with you tonight, I want to share, I want to impart it to you. I want you to get hold. I don't want you to be just a message. This is going to be more instruction. Okay, so you're going to have a big session with Muzz. Okay, like I mentor pastors and prophets and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But you're going to get this. Okay. Okay. Hopefully you gave the offering. <laughs> Amen. And I, and, and I know this. If you've given to me and we've taken it up, you're not taking up anymore. Okay. This is it. This is your last chance. Okay. But I always pray when that gets given up because I'm so thankful. Like I'm so thankful. I don't take it for granted. Susie and I are so thankful for the generosity of people that believe in what we do. That I always pray 10 times back to you. I release it and that happens. That's why I get invited back all the time. (laughs) It's like, wow, we will really... Yeah, I know, because I've learned something and I want to share some of that with you tonight. Is that cool? So I want to actually want to share with you. uh, I want to get through it as much as I can. I've got a few things I want to minister to people. I've seen some stuff tonight and I really want to say some things, but... Before we do that, I wanted to activate you. Is that cool? Yeah. So just put one more prayer. I want you to put your hand over your heart and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus speak, to my heart. speak to my heart. Amen. Amen. I want you to see what we're going to share about is the four voices of the believer. 
you know, the four voices, and you have kind of four voices. Now, out of these four voices, you'll be better at one voice than another, okay? But you have these four, and you're just going to get better at it. Figure out which one is you're good at. I find that this, you know, 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours is all it takes to become world-class PhD expert at something. 10,000 hours. So when you, see, when you see the tennis players that are, you know, doing all that, what, you, what you're actually seeing when they're 17 and 18 is 10,000 hours of practice at something. That's what you're actually seeing. You see anyone that is world-class at anything, when you look back at their training and stuff, it's 10,000 hours. Now, in every, now, the average believer probably does about, unfortunately, only about two hours of, of, the, of Christianity a week. Two hours. Which means, by the time you're in your 70s, you're of some use. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But you see Roger Federer, Roger Federer, I crunched the numbers. So you all know Roger, the, the tennis player. The girls all know who Roger is. Hey, you all know. So he's amazing. He's like a sponsor's dream. You know, he's got a great marriage, got great kids. He's kept himself pretty good, and it's awesome. A great ambassador for sport when you can have someone elite level like that. Now, Roger at 20 was at about 10,000 hours of tennis, okay, at 20. Now, in his late 30s, you're thinking he's playing, he's playing guys 20 years younger than him. It's only been the last. Well, COVID's probably messed it up for him a little bit. But still, he can hold his own against punks. All these Russians coming up and South Americans come up. And, you know, they, they snort stuff and do stuff and train and pay and do this. And they come up against him and he watches them frustrate themselves out of their mind because Roger now is at 30,000 hours of Grand Slam tennis. 30,000 hours. Now, in ministry and in service for the Lord, like, come on, guys. What if you actually thought, wow, I love that you're doing... Pastor Peter is taking you through the whole thing of of what Louis is teaching you, because, man, that's one of my huge messages. You're, we're working from God, not to him. We're not trying to get more of God. You can do, I don't even know what, what you're going to do with all the God that you have. <laughs> and often what it is, is just activating and living from the anointing that you have. Not trying to get more, you have it. It's not trying to get more blessed, you have it. Yeah, Come on, sister. <laughs> and it's learning to do that. So it's like, man, it's not trying to get something, it's just practice. Like everybody knows, like, Buzz, how do you get good at that? Practice. It was practice. How do you learn this? How do you do that? I, try, I do it all the time. Like one of the little things I do just to warm up and do that. How many kids have you got? And I ask myself, God, how many kids have they got? And I ask them, how many kids you got? And they'll say three or four. And I've gone, it's three or four. You know, I'm learning. I try to guess the color of, the poop of what the person's wearing when they come to pick me up. Like... Troy, I knew what you were wearing, but didn't know your name. <laughs> Troy really had me in a knot. <laughs> Half right. Do you know what I mean? Like, practice hearing from God about specific things about other people. Come on, practice. It's not, believe me, any of the ninja level, you've seen all these prophets and doing great things. Let me tell you something, you've seen them in their 50s and 60s, who've had loads of practice and have crash burned and got it wrong and but they've stepped back up onto the plate and go father you're just gonna i'm just gonna learn this i'm gonna learn your voice i'm gonna learn to see i'm gonna learn to see it's like do you want to like it's like a surgeon's you know like it's like i, we, I used to build houses for, for surgeons and specialists and they used to tell me we're not really good there's a window of about three years where we're really good so if you're going to get a surgeon you want one that's about 48 to 50 because by then guess what their knowledge is massive they learn because that's what these, one of these surgeons, one of our top urologists, like a human plumber, you know, and he, he made heaps because believe me, when people have got trouble there, they'll pay whatever it takes to get the flow going. So Steve told me this. He says, by then, you know, you start, you, you're really peaking of your knowledge and, your, and whatever technology and whatever advances, but your dexterity and your eyesight is still there. It's like this, it's this sweet spot for a surgeon. 
Like, you know, you don't want to go, who wants the surgeon that, like, he's, he comes in, he's got Coke bottles for glasses and he's, like, arthritis and, like, yeah, I reckon I can have a go at you. Mate, no. Bless you, son. But who's your apprentice? Like, who you been? Are you hearing me? And it's like that in the kingdom. Are you hearing me? So the first voice I want to tell you about, we need to get into this. It's, you're so naughty, you distract me. Here we go. Let me go. Let me, let, the, oh, I've got to go all the way down here. Oh, pastor, you're so naughty. Okay, let's go to De- Deuteronomy 21, verse 5. Deuteronomy, I, I left my stick with all the stuff in it, but anyway. This is probably another book, Pastor Mary Lynn, that I probably should write, The Four Voices, yes? Is this, in Deuteronomy 21, verse 5, Then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come and near, and the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you, the first voice, the first voice, not in any order, but the first voice I want to share with you is the ability to bless like a priest. To bless like a priest. I hopefully have all come here to get blessed. Me too. You're dumb if you show up at church or you're challenged. If you jump up, I don't know if you could say that now. The council, you know, you, you know. Let me encourage you to come to get blessed. Amen. But I've actually found there's a higher level than that, and that is actually be the person that blesses. Come on, you can't. It's, it's, it's just that your eyes are blind and your ears are deaf to what God has already done for you. And when you step out of that and you actually go, you know what, Lord, I'm going to step into just blessing. Yeah. And like I, I came across this. It wasn't my smarts. I was traveling to a church from Adelaide. I'd ministered to a pastor and his wife and then got in a hire car. I can't remember. And I'm driving out to the Barossa Valley or one of those valleys, one of those wine country places to minister in a church. I'm driving at us about 11 o'clock at night and I come up behind a big blue, like a sky blue, I remember it, truck with all this riding of where they transport stuff all over Adelaide and all up through the middle of Australia, all these places, you know, that they go to and it sort of had a map on the back of it. And uh, when I come up behind this guy, I went to pass and the Lord says, I want you to bless this truck driver. I was like, so I come back in and I go, okay. So I, and he goes, go. So, okay, Father, I pray that, Lord, I bless the truck. I pray this thing don't break down. I pray there's no kangaroos. Come on, you know what your imagination, our, our imagination is there so that God can speak to us and so God can use you to create things for people. So I just sit there, you know, like, Father, I pray that, Lord, that he doesn't go to sleep. Father, I pray that it's prosperous. Father, I pray that where he's going, that it's a, that the forklift's ready to go, they don't hold him up, that it just works, that it just is like clockwork wherever he's going. I pray that, Lord, that whatever he's listening to on the radio, whatever country and western he's listening to, that they gospel country and western comes on. Father, I pray that you invade, Holy Ghost, you invade that cab right now, that he feels the presence of God while he's going. He's going, man, I feel so great. And he starts singing, he starts praying, he starts singing, even if he doesn't know you, Father. I pray that, Lord, his family's blessed. I pray that even though he has to do all these hours and all this stuff away from man, I was on a roll, and for about 15, 20 minutes, I just bless this bloke. Come on. Bless the truck drivers. Amen. Who here drives a truck? None of you. Whoa, stand up, bro. Come on. You're going to get a double whammy, a truck. Father, I pray that, Lord, you've got a truck license and all that. Father, I thank you that, Lord, that you're going to bless him. Father, I pray you bless him. You bless him in every way possible. Father, bless him in ways that he didn't even know you could get blessed in that area. Father, I thank you for the season that he's in. Father, I pray, like I said to you before, babe, one day you're going to buy the old girl of Mercedes. I tell you right now, you're going to bless her. You're going to just, doesn't matter if you drive some old Fiat or something, but you're going to buy that girl something awesome in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the truck driver. I pray that wherever you go, wherever you touch, come on, you're going to start. Imagine if we went around just blessing people. Like now, I just bless, you know, like the petrol station people, you know, like that console operator in there. I bless them. Like I eyeball them and whenever we exchange the money or whatever it is, I go, bless you. And it hits them. I watch them blink and go, what in the world? And then I walk off. Come on, you know, do you see... All over the world, they've got witches and warlocks and all sorts of crazy cursing people and doing stuff like that, and everybody's terrified of them. Ha! <laughs> I think, you ever had someone who's actually complained that all, who's ever had one of those weeks where it feels like all hell's broken loose? 
No one's had one of those? Must be only me that has that sort of thing. Come on. You ever had one of those seasons? Come on. I think you were telling me about some stuff like that. Come on. But let me tell you something. You know, I believe we have the ability to actually release all heaven on people. Father, I pray you bless them. Father, you bless them. And it's just words, but it creates something. You understand that people would bring their children to Jesus knowing that if he blessed them, whoosh. See, when you're blessed, when you're blessed, it doesn't matter if, the, if you're dopey, if you're a complete klutz. <laughs> I'm, not lo- you know, I'm not looking at no one. I'll just preach the back wall. It doesn't matter that if you like that, you know what, if you're blessed, it works out. Come on. If you're cursed... You can, make, you can do all the research, do all the stuff, try your hardest, and it does not work. Yeah. That's cursed, isn't it? Yeah. But blessed, yeah. someone could sell you a dodgy car. They're getting rid of it because it breaks down. You get it, and you get like 150,000 kilometers out of that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you buy a house that no one could sell and everything, you buy it, and all of a sudden your street becomes the street that everybody wants to live in. Zoom up it goes. Come on. Come on. It's like I know. It's like you're living in blessed. Like, like it, it's, it's bizarre when you understand this. Because see, if you, if you step into that level and you decide, I'm going to be the blesser. Then you become a son of God. Then you're really operating how Jesus wants you to really operate. Not that it's the consumer. And you've heard it said over the last couple of years that with COVID and shutting down church, we soon found out who the consumers were in the church. But see, it's not about having a church full of Christians. It's actually about the church is meant to have, the church exists for disciples. The church exists for disciples. Church is for disciples. Christians need a church. Because then they don't have anything to do on Sunday. <laughs> but disciples, they are a church. <laughs> they carry the presence. It doesn't matter. I have church 24-7. When do you pray? All the time. When do you encounter God? All the time. <laughs> when are you blessed? All the time. I carry it around with me. And you think this is a personality. It's not. <laughs> I just know stuff. 10,000 hours of having fun. Become an expert at enjoying God. Come on. How about the second voice? Do you reckon you do that? How about we stand to our feet? Just pick someone. Just pick a back of their head or the front of their head. I don't care. Just do a little 360 and point them. Not someone around you. Just see someone. And you just, Father, I just bless them. Just hold out your hand towards them, your hand, and just bless them. Bless you, darling. Father, I pray you increase and you bless. Your job, your job is going to get better. Bless your work. Is he yours? None of them are yours. Is he married? You want to be. Father, I just pray That's enough blessing. We could get all a bit crazy in here. Now, who found that difficult? Isn't that amazing to know? Isn't that amazing to know that while you were doing that, someone could have been praying for you? Oh, I've got very little to do now, hey. And amazing. Imagine if we all came to church and that was like, what they had to like run around with a stick or a gong or something. Just shut up. We're going to need to sing because you're all prophesying and blessing people. This is out of control. Imagine that. Imagine we'd have revival like that. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you know, come on. If you just started blessing people, it doesn't matter. They don't have to deserve it. None of us deserve it. They don't have to earn it. You know, and you don't qualify to be the blesser. He, the blesser, has blessed you to be a blessing. Is that true? That's, the, that's what, anyway, we've, we've rode that pony nearly into town. Amen. Okay, let's find that. Okay, let's go to the next one. Is this good? I'm blessing myself doing this. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Oh, this is one of my favorites. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. This is, this is a chapter that's all about the prophetic. 1 Corinthians 14, 
verse 3. It says, But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. <laughs> Not every time you encourage someone is it prophetic. Not every time you exhort someone is prophetic. But every, and every time you comfort someone is a prophetic word. But it's pretty close. But every time you prophesy, it should be that. See, we've got to learn, the second voice is this, you've got to learn to declare. You're blessed like a priest, but you've got to learn, and you learn it. You learn to bless, you learn to specific, you learn to hear what God, how does this person need to be blessed? But then, what do you need to really declare? What do you really need to speak over a person? You need to speak vision, you need to speak new options that the person didn't know they had. You need to create a pathway and a future for them that they didn't know existed. You need to create hope in them, empower in them, encourage in them, in Jesus' name. You need to create a champion in them. You need to take them from being defeated to being victorious in a second. You need to be able to speak healing over them and declare wholeness and healing and prosperity over them. And many times I've had to speak it from a place of absolutely the opposite, but I don't care. In fact, sometimes that's often the way. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter what defeated you are right now. I'll tell you what, you can still declare, you can still declare what God's will is for a person, in, even over yourself. I know, you know, the, I've had all sorts of people pray for I've had the who's who of the prophetic world have a word for me, and none of them has had a good a word for me as what I've had for me. <laughs> is that true, Pastor Pete? Come on, I know what I need. I know the breakthrough I need. You know, you can say, I'm going to go to the nations. Yeah, I know that. You're not telling me nothing new. <laughs> Come on. See, we've got to learn to do Because let me tell you something. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happens in our world, both good and bad, because we're not declaring stuff. What if, it was, what if your whole mission in life was to release stuff? Peter, the promise is to the church that whatever, whatever we say, Whatever we say in the name of Jesus, he'll do it for us. If we believe it, that we can both shut heaven up and earth up, and we can open earth up and we can open heaven up with this. That you can open up all of heaven over people and that you can declare that people will have a Mercedes Benz. You can declare that people are going to, their marriage is going to come together and that despite the damage and what's happened, that God, that they'll fall in love again, that they'll be affectionate towards one another, that they'll love and bless one another, that they'll have the best marriage that everybody wants. That's what I'm talking to someone right now. <laughs> You're going to learn to declare it. And it, it's not thinking it. All of these are verbal. It, you can't think blessing. You have to say it. I don't want to go into that because it creates in the other person a picture. And that's a powerful thing. When you can tell them what God is going to do for their future, what God is going to do for them when they're going forward, what God is going to do is that if, if they'll work with him and believe with him and set themselves up and have faith for what God said over their life in Jesus' name, amen? We need to declare it. You need to often declare it. It's like uh, uh, Ezekiel had to speak to dry bones. What do you see? You know, can these live, Jeremiah? And he kind of soft answer, only you know, Lord. But really, he was trying to say, come on, Jeremiah, speak to these things. Let me tell you something, a lot of stuff happens in our world because the church is not speaking to stuff. Come on, Pastor, you want to... Get him a mic, let's go. Come on, maybe a lot of stuff, a lot of crime, a lot of sickness, a lot of happening, a lot of damage, a lot of stuff going on in your world because you're not declaring what's supposed to happen. Maybe you're waiting for your kids to come back to, but maybe you just need to start, man, prophesying it. Not asking God. God's made a way for them to come back, but maybe it's up to you to pull the switch, pull the trigger to get them back into the kingdom and start to prophesy that they're going to prosper and they're going to be great in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. I'll give you, you're going to get 10 seconds to find someone right now. You got 10 seconds. Ready? Seti, go. Go find some victim. Ready, Teddy, go. 
You didn't think this was going to happen, eh? This is church. One, two, three, three. You're going to come up to me. Oh, bless you, darling. Thank you so much. Okay, you found them? You got them? You got them? You got them? I got someone up here who's going to give me a word. Are you ready? Okay, I want, to, I want you to declare something about their future. I'm going to tell you in, in, in just one sentence, not just you're not going to say something awesome about their future in Jesus' name. Ready? Go. Father, I thank you that you can... All right, grab a seat. Okay, grab a seat. How fun was that? No, you can't swap. That was it. You can never. That's it. It's the one. What are you, all you rebellious people? Someone get a stick and belt these people. Get them back to their seat. I knew this would get crazy. Oi, what a ravel. Where's the pastor? She's up the back doing something. Come on, get back. That was scary, eh? That was weird. That was weird. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Isn't that funny? People paying big money to fortune tellers and... New age people and buying crystals and lighting candles and <laughs> rubbing oil and sitting in teepees and <laughs> all sorts of fun stuff. But it's only a counterfeit. You know why there's anything? Do you know, you know, do you know who's ever been to Bali? You know, like I've got watches. This is actually a good watch that someone bought for me. But I've got like, I've got Pierre Cardin's, I've got U-boats. And I don't think I've ever spent more than 30 bucks on any of them. <laughs> if you go to Bali, you can get that sort of thing, can't you? Who's ever got one of those watches in Bali? Don't, war, don't wear it more than four times because the thing will fall off light a bit, see? But you know that, you know what, that no one copies, no one copies junk. Do you know every counterfeit thing, every knockoff is always of the high end. So everything out there is a counterfeit for what God does through his people. In Jesus' name, eh? God wants to help you. Come on. Okay. So are you hearing it? You need to declare it. You need to declare it. See, when a prophet... Like... Old Testament prophets, like, it says this, that Samuel, none of his words fell to the ground. If he said something, it would happen. Some of us need to watch what we say. Because you probably have a superpower and you don't know it. And you're saying all sorts of stuff and you're releasing all sorts of stuff that you shouldn't be releasing. I love your pastor. He's just always positive. He's just not positive. He's got faith and he declares stuff all the time. Even if it's difficult, he goes, yeah, but we can, you know, we can lead that. We can minister into that. You know, they're coming good. Amen. I love that about you, pastor. It's awesome. And that takes discipline. That's like 10,000 hours of work right there. I could see it. Even at lunchtime, I thought, man, this guy's got discipline about his mouth. Amen. (laughs) It's good, hey. And you're all... The fruit of that. Amen. Amen. Here's the third one. You ready? Here we go. I'm just going to pick a scripture. Oh, let's go to Second Kings chapter 8. Second Kings chapter 8. I think they're trying to do the Sky Bible thing, but I don't know. Second Kings chapter 8, verses 5 to 6. And this is a story 
of actually Elijah's servant and he's telling a king about a testimony of a woman who Elijah had raised her son like she couldn't have children and now she could have them. You can't have... Look, I say that and a pregnant woman waddles down the aisle saying, mate. <laughs> Welcome to my world, hey. <laughs> that was awesome. What perfect timing. <laughs> Where was I? So, but then the kid, he, he dies. And then Elijah um, comes and he raises him from the dead. And then she, and, and, but in the meantime, without them knowing it, this woman has to leave the country before a famine and she loses her husband and it sort of goes a bit pear-shaped for a little while. But the king has asked this guy, tell me some of the stories. Tell me the testimony of Elijah, this king, this prophet that you work for. And he's telling the story and this woman shows up. Like the pregnant woman <laughs> and now it happened in second kings chapter 8 verse 8, now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life that there was the woman whose son had been restored to life appealing to the king for her house and her land because she'd left it vacated and of course people had kind of squatted in it and taken it over you know and she was a woman so she didn't have you know back in those times it's terrible you know praise god for jesus girls it's never been better to be a woman. I know you're not quite there yet, and I'm, I'm believing that Jesus is the church is the, one of the biggest champions for girls. Do you know that? Come on. Anyway. So, to appeal to the king for her land, my lord, O king, this is what the, he says, this is the woman, this is the one, her son, whom Elijah restored to life. And then the king asked the woman, and she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer to her saying restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of her fields from the day that she left it until now seven years imagine that she got all the rent all the all 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 of what it would have produced back to her see we've got to learn to bless like a priest we've got to learn to proclaim like a prophet but we've got to uh, uh, declare like a, king, a prophet, but we've got, to, we've got to learn to proclaim like a king that this is the way it's going to be. This is really about authority. This is about putting boundaries up. This is about speaking on the behalf of orphans and widows and the underprivileged. It's about stepping up in authority and carrying the kingdom into places where it needs to be. Amen? Come on. This is about restoring. It's about speaking the kingdom into place. You've got to understand that just like a king, we're anointed and what's ours. See, what, let me say this. You rule over whatever you can hold in your heart. And Pastor Ross, God is still enlarging your heart. You haven't had the enlarged heart yet. It hasn't fully expanded to the full contents of what your heart can really carry. Nor the people, nor the churches, nor the sons, nor the daughters. You've not seen all your sons and daughters yet. You've not seen them all fulfill what they're meant to fulfill. God's enlarging both your hearts in Jesus' name because whatever you can hold in your heart, Pastor, you can rule over. See, what you can rule over, you go to war over. See, what do you rule over? Maybe you just rule over your bedroom, you know? Maybe that's all you got. You know, maybe you just got a bed. Maybe you got a set of drawers. Maybe all you got is a locker. But maybe you have a home, maybe you've got a family, maybe you have a business, maybe you have an occupation. I hope you've all got a job. What is it that God has put you over? Who has God called you to? Because who he's called you to, you have authority there. Come on. What do you have authority over? It has nothing to do with rank and file or position. It's have what have you got authority over? Are you hearing me? Who is God? Let me ask you first. Who has God called you to? It's not where, it's who. Who has God called you to? In a big arcing curve, I'm called, if you like, in a lot of ways, to, to people who need to be encouraged, of course. I'm not saying that everybody I engage in is discouraged, but who can be braver than what you are? <laughs> I've never had anyone go, oh, shut up, Mars. I can't stand you encouraging me anymore. 
I can't, nah, don't. Oh, yeah, come on. Tell me one awesome more thing. It's what everybody's like with encouragement, hey. And then within that is, you know, then there's, then there's church leaders who I really know I'm called to. And then I really know I'm called to the church, not a church. My, even my church knows that Mars is not called to a church. Mars is called to the church. Yeah, okay, that's not that prophetic. Hey, come on. Come on. And then it's leaders. Okay? That's who I'm called to. But I'll talk to anyone. Because if they fall under being encouraged, then you, I got you. But I know who I'm called to. And I have authority there. Even though I have no rank or file in any movement, or I used to, but I don't have, I actually have more authority now that I don't have a role. Isn't that weird? My voice goes far further and I can do far more without actually a role. Because you've got to know your authority. And a lot of you are putting up with stuff that you could shut down. A lot of stuff because you're just not talking to the Lord about it. You're not saying, okay, Father, what is it about this? What, 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 what do you really want to see happen in your world? What do you really want to see happen? Like this guy, he said it. See, the, with the king, do you think, honestly, if um, one of the, and it's interesting, say, well, we've only got um, William now. He's the only prince there. It's the other guy abdicated. He thought oh, he had better options. <laughs> Amen. But do you think if William and Kate were here, you know, and they're shaking hands and we we're all getting selfies with them and, you know, and, and you're all saying, oh, she's more beautiful than what I thought and he's heaps more handsome than what I thought he was and, and they're so nice and we're all like that and then all of a sudden he, they need to leave. Do you think he goes, hey, Kate, have you got the keys? Have you got the keys? Who's got the keys? No, he doesn't say that at all. He says to one of his SAS bodyguards, Go get the car. And do you think he sits there in anxiety thinking, oh, I hope they get that thing. I hope they've got the keys. <laughs> do you think that even flicks into his head like all that sort of stuff? No, he goes out there and that Aston Martin has got the door open, running when he steps into it. And then when he goes to the palace, you think, oh, where's the front door key? Where's the clicker for the garage door? <laughs> Kate, you're always misplacing that thing. Do you think he probably never opened a door in his entire life? Do you understand that? Because that's what kings do. They don't, they don't question like, they're just, it's, their kingdom is completely and absolutely voice activated. And what they say goes. They don't question. It's like, it's, it's a different mindset. I remember ministering these churches that are Samoan in, um, in, yeah, it was in Melbourne. And there's some others that want me to do some more stuff with them. But it was quite amazing because I saw this authority and this power about how they operated. And I asked them. They understood honour. They understood all these things. And the blessing and stuff would flow amongst them was amazing. Amazing. Because they said, oh, you don't understand something, Pastor Muzz. We're from a kingdom. Not a republic. We're from a kingdom. We understand how that works. Yeah. And we're in. So for us to get in, into the, the kingdom is something that we really get. We have a king and whatever he says goes. Amen. And we learn to operate that. We learn to, to, to operate underneath that and say, this is what the king wants. So this is what's going to happen. Do you think that guy was like, oh, I don't think that woman really deserves that. You know, there's going to be a whole lot of work. We've got to then kick out a few people. And I don't know even where we're going to get the money from to even pay her back. And who's going to work that all out? He's like, I don't care. The king would have said, no, that's your problem. I just want it to happen, and it better happen very soon. We need to proclaim. See, it's like law. See, what are, we, what are you complaining? What complaining? That's, that's interesting, isn't it? What are you proclaiming over the region, over your church, over your family, over your street, over your kids, over your life? What are you proclaiming? Remember the word of faith, guys, and we just kind of got a bit wobbly about all of that? Man, we chucked the baby out with the bathwater. Those guys were onto something. For some of you looking at me, like, they, were these great guys, like, uh, these guys that would sort of say, if you can say it, you can have it. It's true. But it needs to be about others. That's the big thing. See, when was the last time you proclaimed blessing over people? 
and goodness to people, salvation over people. It's at a bigger, much bigger letter. When was the last time you demanded that people be restored? Like you've got these great outreach that you're doing on XP, and I love you guys and girls. This is just so, I get so excited seeing you here. It just blesses my heart so much because, man, I was a whisker away from being where you're sitting right now, I tell you. Just a few decisions, just a few things from being where you are, man. I would have, but I reckon I'd have better tats. <laughs> I really like the Fury one on you, hey. Is that what it is on your leg? Fury? Is it D- Dylan? What does that say? <laughs> I reckon let's do the change. Let's get an artist and let's just go. Fury. Fury. I'm thinking it's, it's pure evil. Man, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're crushing pure evil. Every time you take a step, you're crushing pure evil. Hey, man, hey, man. pure evil that is awesome you're hilarious but see that's proclaiming see how he did that from now on whenever you look at those things that's what you're doing you're you're, you're crushing it that's your enemy pure evil it's all about holiness for you mate from now on it's about bringing blessing I just I got this oh man I just Bless you guys in Jesus' name, hey. Father, I pray that you will never, ever, you'll be unrecognizable in the next 18 months, even to yourself. Like, the guy that I worked for, the first pastor I worked with was a one percenter from a bike again. I was just even thinking, you know, I probably shouldn't always mention that because we got into trouble because he was mentioning he was an ex-part of something which you're not supposed to do, but he was unrecognizable as one of those guys. Like people would say, really? You used to do, you were that? Mm, yeah. You had a beautiful wife and two great kids and prospering and reaching people. Come on. See, what needs to be declared over you? But then there's the fourth one which is my all-time favorite voice. You ready? Ready? Okay. In Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15 and verse 24, it's, of course, the story of the prodigal son, yeah? And he says this. This is the father speaking towards the end of the story. He says, this was my son who was dead, is now alive. Hey, boys, come on, girls. You're dead, but now you're alive. Some of you are dead, but now you're alive. Amen. Come on. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was gone for all money, but now I'm alive. In Jesus' name, amen. I was gone. I would have been, ugh. but now I'm, now I'm a blessing. For my son was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. See, we can... We can bless like a king, we can declare like a prophet, we can proclaim like a king, but I tell you what, you've got to learn to rejoice like a son. <laughs> Let's just have a little crack at this. Ready? Just go, ha ha. Mm, that's not bad. <laughs> you know, when was the last time you really just like laughed at yourself? Because we all are. <laughs> Just turn to your neighbor and laugh at them. <laughs> yeah, they're easy to laugh at, those two clowns, eh? <laughs> See, what can you, you know what? We can do that. We can laugh like a son because we're loved. That's who we are. We're loved. Come on, the reason why you get anxious, and I said this this morning, I say it a lot to churches, I say it a lot. The reason why you fret, why you're anxious, why you get jealous, why you get, uh, why you need medicating, why you're depressed, why you get angry, why you, why, why you get insecure. Do you know why you do that? you know why you worry and you, 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 know, you have your hissy fits and you sulk and you do all that sort of nonsense? you know why you do that? Because you don't know how, you've forgotten how much you're loved by God. Whenever I do that, I hold myself up and go, woo! Like, that's not who you are. That's why am I even worried about what they've done? 
when I look at what Jesus has done for me. When you think of what, like, I, like you're going to learn, like a son, we, we're not trying to be accepted by anyone. I don't know about you, but I, I, I just look at, like, have you ever, like, I'm hoping for this at the end of this meeting. I'm going for food coma for tonight because, <laughs> Pastor, we got ice cream, I heard. <laughs> Who's ever heard of food coma? Aren't they the best at food coma? I love, yeah? Like, you know, you go out to one of those meals and you just go for it. You just like, hang it. This is cheat day. And I love doing that with people. Like, yeah, let's just, whatever you want. Do whatever you want. And your pastor's like that. Well, eat whatever you want, Mars. I'm thinking, no, I should not. But it's not cheat day yet. Wednesday's cheat day for Mars, okay? Woohoo. Maybe tonight with Pastor, hey. But you know, like you have a big, I don't know, what's your favorite main course? Jenny, come, what is it then? What do you eat? Dylan? Yeah, what's the best main, Ace? You look like you're good at it. Say, come on, come on. With. With the potato, a big, you don't eat potato. Pumpkin. Okay, you're fussy. Okay. It's like, <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk to the kitchen, okay, for you. They'll do whatever you want, okay? And some veggies, gravy. You want pepper or do you want Diane? What do you want? Mushroom. Hey, there you go. You want something different. There you go. We'll just do the whole thing. And this is a big sucker, okay? We've killed the biggest thing we can find in Queensland and brought this out to you. <laughs> And you eat that, but we've always had a cheese platter before that. We've been talking about a cheese platter, and you've had, you know, cold meats and those cuts, you know, you fill that, and you're eating, dipping things and eating that. And then we brought this out for you. Now, dessert. Now, the girls are a ninja at this level. <laughs> the dessert, hey. You buy an ice cream with your wife, and she goes, oh, no, I won't have one. Dude, that's such a lie, you liar. <laughs> You come out with that thing, and she's like, oh, I'll just have a lick. <laughs> Man, my, my wife has a tongue like a giraffe. It's like... <laughs> then they give it back. Or you can't get it back. They... Who knows, brothers, I'm, hey, let's just have a moment. Let's just pray for each other, hey. We have to forgive. We've got to forgive them. Greedy little things they are. So you have dessert. Emma, what's your favourite dessert? Oh, oh, baked cheesecake. Come on. Cream or ice cream? Just cheesecake. Okay, we'll, we'll have ice cream with it. Hey, mate. We'll have something else too, far out. And so I've got, you know, you're like, oh, Mars, I'm never going out with dinner for you again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that guy. You're a fool. So I'm on my way to the car, and I purposely walk you past an, another ice cream parlour. <laughs> and we get one of those things, you know, where they put the cream and then the sprinkles on a big waffle cone. It's like big as your fist kind of thing. And you're going to eat that. And you're really like, oh, my God. I was like, this is so good. I'm going to eat it because it's so good. And you're like, take me home. You know that food coma thing like I don't want to eat ever again. <laughs> and then I pick up an apple core, like a chewed up apple core out of the gutter on the, at the car. And as you're getting in, I go, oh, you want to eat this? And you look at me like, are you a complete idiot? Like, what? Why would I eat that? The thing is, you know what? When we haven't eaten for two weeks, the apple core looks good. Most of us don't know how to operate full. Most of the stuff that you're dealing with is simply because you're not full. You eat crap. Can you say that in Queensland? I think you invented that word. Eat garbage. 
You put up with garbage. You, you engage in garbage. Because if you're full, what would you, you wouldn't even, what? And see, when you know God and you can operate from that place of abundance in your own spirit, in your own heart, you're not worried about what people think about you. See, I'm not worried. You don't need acceptance. You don't need significance. You don't need that because you're working from that. You, I couldn't be any more significant than I am. It doesn't what role or what crowds or what people come or who buys the stuff or who engages with me. It doesn't, like, that doesn't make me more popular. It doesn't make me bigger. It doesn't, I don't think that way because, you could, like, you, you don't know who as approval counts. We all only have an audience of one. And when you put your head on your pillow tonight, there's only one. Have you done what? Have you declared? Have you blessed? Have you proclaimed? And have you rejoiced? Hmm. Because of him. Because you know him. Amen? Okay. What time is ice cream? Can I pray for a few people? Is that okay? Even though you've all got prayed for, some of you missed out, but I, wanna, I just want to call out a few things. I wrote down some things. Uh, there's someone here that's got like a hand injury. You've injured your hand. hand or <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do. A finger will do. Yeah, get up. Your hand, out, stand up. Who else is there? Yeah, your hand. Like that's the thing on the end of your arms, you know? Like some people like... Like, I've called out stuff, like, very specific, like, you've got, you know, your hand and these three fingers don't work, and no one responded. I thought, that's really weird. And then when I come down, the assistant associate pastor goes, oh, you know what, I think you might have been looking for me, Mars, because, like, I had a motorbike accident, and I can't open these three fingers. I'm like, oh, help me, Jesus. Do you think that's me? All right, let's, let's pray for the healing in these hands. What... what Lawn, don't even tell them about that, hey. Blonde moment, big time. Chris, you got sore hand? Fingers. What is yours, brother? You cut your finger off. Okay, let's, that's a one. Let's believe for that. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Is it still kind of weird, is it? Is it still kind of strange, is it? Can't have feeling in it. Oh, okay. But you want to play the guitar again? Okay, amen. Let's do that. We can do that. And yours is... You busted your hand. Your back of your hand. Or did you hit your little brother? (laughs) But it's the back of your hand, so... Moa. Anyway. And... Thumb. Sliced it. Amen. All right, let's just believe. Father, I just thank you right now that, Lord, these hands are going to be all whole, be able to play the guitar, hand move, be able to do everything they're supposed to do in Jesus' name. All pine, no, no long-term injury. Father, I pray that, Lord, that hand, the back of that hand and that thumb to operate properly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who's Ben here? Who's Ben? Who's Ben? No, Ben? Sorry, Ben, you're going to miss out. Oh, okay, let's grab him. Oh, too bad, hey. But I think we'll pray for Ben, hey. <laughs> oh, Beniah, that's is that a Beniah? Yeah. Who's the Benjamin? Well, we've got action over here. No one's not sure. He's not here? Okay, that's all right. What about Neil? Neil, come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's almost like a lucky dip, isn't it? It's like, I want to say that. But I can tell you, Neil, you know what? God has not, it's not, hasn't finished with you. In fact, God, I see you reaching into your pockets. I see you reaching in and pulling out stuff that you like you didn't even know even existed in your life and your world. 
that they still you still have the ability to bless you still have the ability to minister you still have the ability to do that and God's going to really start to like your pockets are not empty okay you, the tank's not empty in Jesus name and in fact it's kind of like <laughs> in fact it's almost like you're going to feel your pockets you know how you walk along you go what's that it's almost like that God's going to do that within your heart like oh okay there's like I have something again now I have a sense of vision again now. I have a sense of purpose again now. It's not about going through your days like it's been the last little while and you've been a little disheartened, but God's going to change that. You're going to put change in your pocket in Jesus' name. He's going to put change in your pocket, change in your life, and you're going to cause change for other people in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a really close friend that you've been believing for and praying for, and God is, the words that you've said to him are working. They're working, and he's gonna, you're going to see people get saved. People that have even been away from God almost their entire life are going to come back, in, or they're going to come to him in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God for Neil. Suck, sucked into for Ben. Amen. One other thing, I've got to, I kind of write them down. There's something you've got to, like, something wrong with your jaw, like you've, your jaw aches or you've, doesn't line up or it's sore it's kind of sore what's that on your left side who's that might have to hit someone there you go <laughs> bless you mate what is it oh too distressed okay <laughs> how's that working for you <laughs> how's stress working it doesn't work very well does it doesn't suit you at all it does not suit you at all and all of that torment's going to leave you even right now. In Jesus' name. All that imagination is going to start to be sanctified. How you, how you just go there is going to change in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that the grinding in these teeth, there's still someone else. But Father, I pray that, Lord, that you bless my brother, Lord, and you stop that and you restore his teeth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who else is that? I've got, oh, look at that. <laughs> that was... It was like a Mexican wave, man. <laughs> Looks like it's you. <laughs> Father, I pray. What is it? Is it on like your left side? Oh, really? Okay, then, Father, we just pray that, Lord, whatever, that irritation, even all that, Father, I pray you restore the plate, whatever needs to happen with that, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray the, the, that that gets solved, whatever he needs to, to solve that problem, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a hand. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. One more. So it's good. I'm just not picking up. I'm just showing you. I'm just, all this is, can you see that? It's like, it's amazing. Like, I'll just go around through the day and like, if you've got a sore arm or what, are you okay? And it's like amazing. I've spent a whole, like I, like I go to the gym, as you can tell. It's, it's not just genes. It's like genetics. It's like, had, you know, discipline and hard diet of ice cream and and like I pray for, I've seen so many miracles happen at the gym. It's been amazing, you know. And it's not that hard because normally there's a, like a strap on or something, you know, like there's some sort of guard. Oh, you, you know, like I've had, like this is pretty amazing. Let me be a testimony of this. So I'm walking up through, there's a guy, his name is, uh, you, can, you can look him up now. His name is Ben Hughes and he's the Australian middleweight kickboxing champion. He's a machine, okay, as far as if you've ever seen the training and discipline you have to do to do that. So he is a weapon, okay, and I'm walking past him. We've never actually spoken, you know, just, you know, in the gym you just sort of wave to people. It's a pretty unsocial, social place. It's kind of weird, except for when I'm in there. I'm like, oh, hi, how you doing? Well, you got what's wrong with your knee? And um, <laughs> so I say to him, and he's got a plaster on his arm. And I, I walk past him and the Lord goes, what are you doing, Muzz? <laughs> I go, so you don't have to ask a question, like, what do you want me to do? So, you know, okay. Oh, hi, mate. My name's Pastor Muzz. You know, I'm on the board of this gym. Like, what happened to your arm? He goes, oh, I was at work. I work as a carpenter. Um, 
while I'm funny, and I twisted it, and I've got like a spiral fracture through my forearm. I went, oh, what does that mean to you? He goes, well, I was going to fight a New Zealander in a month, and it's off. I went, oh, can I pray for you? So he's down like trying to do up his shoelaces or something, like, you know, and he stands up and puts his arm in front of me like that, and he's got blue, blue eyes, and he eyeballs me and goes, yes. <laughs> Okay, and I eyeballed him back with green eyes. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you love Ben and you're going to, and I've learned this, you don't give God, you don't give the option. I thank you that you're going to heal Ben's arm because you love him. And he's like, wow, thanks. Three days later, I come back to the gym and I'm walking in and I hear this, Oi! And it's Ben down on the floor and he holds up this arm and it's got the pla- he's cut the plaster off and it's just got, you know, like the neoprene strap thing on. And he's going, Look at this! And I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking, Oh, I hope you haven't done something stupid. <laughs> he's going, Like, look! Look, like it's like, it's, it's that thing you did. It's like I can use it and it's got no pain and I don't know what to, I said, just go easy, Ben, let's just see. You know, God's obviously healing it, but you've got to get your strength back. Come back a couple of days later and I can hear the crack like thunder at the bags. And he sees me, he goes, Muzz, oi, Muzz, look at this. Crack. And even better, in better, the fight, he says to me, he comes running down, he goes, the fight is on. Better again, he knocked out a New Zealander. <laughs> so Benny, Benny and his beautiful girlfriend, uh, Zoe, so he... I come up the stairs into like the box because he's like, and he has Zoe standing there with him and he wants me to introduce, he goes, this is the guy that did the thing. (laughs) And he tells people like, he's, I've prayed with him many times. I've prayed for them. They've had a baby. And he's like, I was saying, Ben, you need to marry this girl. You know, and he's, he's, he went and bought, he went to America and fought, knocked an American out and he bought her a great big rock in Las Vegas. Amen. So he, and they see us, you know, a lot. And I'm the guy that does the thing. And he tells boxers all over the country. He tells people everywhere. I've got this nutcase pastor that like prayed for me. And this hand, man, I think he thinks this has got superpowers on it now. <laughs> well, it's, it's this one. And he's going to get saved and I'm going to do his wedding. And, you know, and he's going to prosper and be a, a true, a true, true, I can see him. I can see him as a, a true like, ambassador for the kingdom in the sporting world. Like he's an elite level, you know, and he's the most beautiful guy. I love him to bits, you know. He's not, but he's kind of almost there. He knows the Lord loves him and it's like, I just know he's going to get saved, he and Zoe and their little girl, and they're just going to be amazing. Amen? And you can just keep knocking out people. Isn't that good what you can do when you're saved, you know? It's like... But I really want to declare a blessing over you, hey? Because I can. (laughs) That you can be blessed, amen? Who wants to? You don't want to go back cursed, do you? You don't want to, but blessed, eh? Mm. What do you want me to knock you out? You stay there, there, man, that's bold, hey? Father, I thank you that, look, what's your name? Richard. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to dance, okay? 
Stay here, Richard. <laughs> you want to come on? <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Father, I just thank you for what you're going to do in Richard's life. Father, I thank you, the Lord, for his boldness. And Father, I thank you that he loves people more than he even knows. And Father, I thank you, that Lord, that you're going to bless him. His life and his kids, you're going to restore stuff back to him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you. Do you speak in tongues yet? Father, I pray that, Lord, that you bless him. There it goes. More and more and more and more. In Jesus' name. Yeah, freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pause. Okay, there you knocked you out. No, you stay there. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Baysidechristianchurch.